Hello, true believers. Welcome to the Spider-Man Book Club. This podcast is dedicated to everyone's favorite wall-crawling menace and his symbiotic corner of the Marvel Universe. Huh? Huh? Is that a good one? Not really. <clears throat> all right, so as you have guessed because you selected this episode, uh, this is all about the alien costume saga. Um, normally, you know, I like to do what issues are in it, uh, who, you know, writers and artists and, and everything. Uh, that would prove to be a very long and probably boring episode. <laughs> uh, well, not, not boring. Uh, it, would be, it would just be very long to do. Uh, both in the episode and even now I'm recording this um, intro after the fact because uh, it basically he had the black costume for like several years in the comics as we get into in the episode so uh, I'm just gonna kind of just roll through some of these real quick um, you know we all know it starts in Secret Wars and it ends you know when he has the, the fight with uh the symbiote later and he expels it and says get away from me and he's in the church and all that we all know that so we don't need uh, my silly recaps here um, <clears throat> so uh, the alien costume saga written by Tom DeFalco Al Milgram David Michelini Luis uh, Simonson Carrie Burkett and Tony Isabella with Roger Stern Jim Owsley and Bob Denatale, I might be saying that wrong, penciled by Ron Friends, Greg Laracui, oh, uh, Al Milgram, Rick Lenardi, and Paul Neary with David Mazzucchelli, um, inked by Brett Breeding, Mike Esposito, Jim Mooney, um, Bill Anderson, Joseph Rubenstein, and Sam De La Rosa, colored by Glynis Wine, Bob Sharon and Christy Schleel. Schiel? I have, jeez. Is it like school? S C H E E L E? So is it like school or Schleely? I, I, jeez. I'm not even, I, I'm so sorry. I'm butchering all your names. Um, lettered by Joe Rosen, uh, Deanna Albers with Janice Chiang. Um, and that's for book one of this. Uh, as for book two, let me get on back here. Okay. Written by Carrie Burkett, Bill Mantlo, Tom DeFalco, Al Milgram, Stan Lee, Louise Simonson, Bob Layton, and Bob uh, Denatale. Penciled by Greg Larroquet, Ron Friends, Al Milgram, Herb, Trim Herb Trimpey. Uh, Brett Blevins and Bob Layton with Carrie Gamble, Sal Buscema, and Ron Randell. Inked by Mike Esposito, Carlos Garzon, Joseph Rubenstein, Bob Layton, Jackson Geis, Brett Breeding, Jim Moody, and Jeff Isherwood with Ron Randall, John Beatty, and Vince Coletta. Colored by George Russo's, Bob Sharon, Juliana Ferreter, uh, Christy Schleil again, Schleil, <laughs> and A Chaotic. That's really what this person's name is. A K A O T I C. So yeah, A Chaotic. Lettered by Diana Albers, Janice Chiang, 
Joe Rosen and Rick Parker. All right. So that's the that's the usual business I like to do at the beginning of the episodes because I think it's important to call out the creators. Um, you know, I, I do this at pretty much every episode. I, I um, it's important to note all all of them, especially you know the the inkers and letterers and colorists. They get you know basically no credit uh, from you know, from from pretty much everybody. <laughs> you know, we we comic book fans can be. Uh, we tend to focus on the like the big names at the front, you know, but uh, those those guys work hard too. And uh, yeah, there's a reason this book has uh, stood th- this story, I should say, uh, has stood the test of time, you know, because everybody worked their butts off and created a a really fantastic uh, story. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and get into it. Um, gosh, that took that took several minutes. I'm glad I, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't do that during the day. Sean would have been. <laughs> uh, I mean, probably not, but uh, it's all good. Um, yeah, so Sean Kiley is the guest today. Um, he's always somebody I am just super excited to talk to, and uh, here we go. Here's the episode. All right, friends, guess who's back? No, it's not Slim Shady. It's Sean. Hi, everybody. So, uh, Sean had asked, like, forever ago to do the Alien Costume Saga, and uh, he was in the running with a bunch of other people. We had a contest. He killed them all. So, that, so he won. I used my symbiotic body yeah, yeah. to uh, take over their persona and crush them. It's true. I watched it all happen with yes. glee because... <laughs> That's just the kind of show it's this hilarious. is. Hilarious. <laughs> um, first, first thing I want to mention about this uh, about this uh, particular, you know, gigantic arc. Well, do you think maybe we should tell people what we're talking about? Oh yes, we should tell them. We're just talk- throwing that we're, out there. We're talking about the Alien Costume Saga, from uh, going from Amazing Peter Parker, the Marvel Team Up. Yeah, it was all, a web of Spider Man. All the books. Yeah, it. it uh, it started, it was Amazing Spider-Man 252. Yes. And that's the iconic uh, takeoff on the, the Amazing the, Fantasy 15 cover, right. um, except it's the black costume. Right. And then, um, and then it was uh, Spectacular, sorry, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. People used to abbreviate that PPTSSM, and I'm like, that's not really an abbreviation. No, but that, that's worse. I, I digress. <laughs> um, and it was Peter Parker, like 91 to 100. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel Team Up 142, I think, 141, 142. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amazing 252, Peter Parker 90 or 91, and whatever issue it started in Marvel Team Up, they all came out the same month. It's just Amazing came out first. Yeah. So that's why it's considered the first appearance of the alien costume. But if you look, they all kind of tie together. Right, right. Like, if you follow the story, I actually went to the Marvel Continuity Project because mm-hmm. I wanted to read this in order. And then I found out about the, the Retcon Limited series. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, those don't count. I never read them. Well, it, well, I mean, because technically the first appearance was Secret Wars number six? Right? Eight. 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 Okay. Well, in continuity, it was Secret Wars number eight. Um, but that came out in... August of 1984. Okay. And Amazing 252 came out in January. Of 84? Of 84. Okay. Yeah, what happened was at the end of 
all of the comics for December of 83. All the heroes went to uh, went to Central Park and got kidnapped by the Beyonder for the Secret Wars. Yep. And then the next month, Spider-Man showed up with a costume and it was like, oh. So at one point, Spider-Man's running around in the old costume in Secret Wars mm-hmm. and running around in the black costume in the main continuity. And then, I don't know, six months in, yeah. people hated it. Really? Hated it. it the groundswell of like vitriol against this costume uh-huh. was so big that they went back. The You know what's interesting about that is that that's so common for Spider-Man because they had a, a, a different, like a gray and blue suit he had, I think, a year or two ago mm-hmm. in the Beyond Amazing Stories or whatever. And I'm you know, not fully caught up on all that. Uh, but I remember it, people just losing their shit over that. And then I was just, all I could think was, you know, he's going to go back to the red and blue, y'all. Yeah, like, the classic down. classic costume is really good. My understanding is the classic costume is a huge pain in the ass to draw. Ah, Like I can with see the that. webs. Like yep. I've seen... Um, I, I've seen like tutorials on how to do it. Um, Todd McFarlane actually did one, and it's on YouTube, and it shows how to do the the individual web strands and how he does it, and mm. it's amazing. Hmm. <laughs> and you're saying that as a Todd McFarlane absolute lover. <laughs> I, you know, the the older I get the more I appreciate what Todd McFarlane did for comics and for comic creators. Sure. But his art was just so cartoony. Hmm. Nevertheless, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> right, right. I digress, as usual. Yes. Um, so one thing that surprised me reading this is that the idea that the symbiote makes Peter, like, angrier and stuff, that didn't originate in the comics. That was from the 90s animated series. Right, yeah, because in the in the comics um it was very um it was just making him tired because the suit just wanted to go out yeah the suit so he would be asleep and the suit would take over his body and just go web swinging around yeah and he would be like how did i sleep all day again yeah you know and it was because the suit was tiring him out which they did do in the uh, spectacular spider-man cartoon Mm-hmm. There's there's a bit where he uh, fights the Sinister Six at night and doesn't talk the entire time. So you as the viewer don't know what's going on until the next morning when he realizes, wait, something happened. The suit did all the work and even took pictures for the bugle for me. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was a very interesting thing um, that they, they kind of retconned that in there. And it, it wasn't that wasn't the way he was. Like He wasn't turning into Venom. Right, right. The suit didn't get that part of the hate until Peter Parker rejected it. Yeah, and then, and, it, that, and then it bonded with Brock later. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, because, again, like, Spider-Man 3 did the thing where it, it bonds with Brock immediately, which works for movie purposes. Yeah. As opposed to, like, in this, where it's, like, it's just kind of hanging around and then finds Brock later. Well, and, and we can get into the history a little bit if you want to, but basically, like, he comes popping out of the out of that that transport structure in Central Central Park, yeah, and he's got Kurt Connors, the lizard, under his arm because right. he was there on the planet, and Enchantress sucked the essence out of him, mm-hmm. and it's it's a long story, and we're gonna as, do as we're gonna do Secret Wars, yeah, yeah. I yeah. actually did a post, uh, I reviewed the entire series on my blog, mm-hmm. um, 
and I'll I'll shoot you a link if you want to put it in the notes of this. Yeah, sure. But, um, I had a lot of fun rereading it because that was really the first the first title that I followed ah. was Secret Wars because my brother got number four uh-huh. with the Hulk holding up the mountain. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, people can't see me, but I'm you know holding up the mountain here. Yeah, but um, he's doing a great job. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, the I lost my train. Oh, um, as far as Spider Man goes, like he just basically spent a lot of time with people not knowing who he was. Right. Like right. I'm, I'm Spider Man, you know. And then, um, what wound up happening was, at during Secret Wars, Reed Richards had said to him, "I want to examine this suit." Right. I don't have obviously don't have time to do it here. Galactus is trying to devour the planet, and Doctor Doom is trying to fight the Beyonder. We have bigger fish to fry. Right. And so, you know, he adventured around in continuity. It was a, a matter of weeks, I think, in continuity. I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was particularly long. And, you know, Marvel time. Yeah. Know. Well, like comic book time, like six months is like two days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, he had some adventures. There, um, I was, Spectacular Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be bad. Yeah. It was not as bad as Marvel Team-Up. Yeah. Marvel team up was so bad. Like it was like he fought the Black Abbot. The, it was so awful. Those, you know, it's it just some of those I was just like these just feel like fillers. You that's know? that's what they were. It was like we want to get Spider-Man with, you know, whoever every month and they realized sales for this title spike based on who the guest star is. Mm. Like when the X-Men are in it it goes up. Right. When his partner is the Black Widow or Dazzler, nobody cares. Yeah. So what they did was they just said to hell with it, we're going to cancel it. Mm-hmm. So with 150, they canceled it. Yep. yep. And and Spider-Man teamed up with like I think it was like Colossus, Nightcrawler, Rogue, and Rachel Summers mm-hmm. against the ambiguous ambiguously gay duo. <laughs> and that sounds right. Yeah. And and the, that's Black Tom and the Juggernaut. Um, but it was it was really just not a good story, um, and it was the, the end of Marvel Team. But the cover is really good because it's a Barry Windsor Smith cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if it, the best parts of the story about the alien costume actually happened in Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really loved how th- this you know it and it because it kind of made sense where when he shows up, everybody's like, "Who the heck are you?" Yeah, it's like I'm Spider Man, and they're like. You don't look like Spider-Man. I stick to walls. Yeah. So like, who else who's, do you know that's going to stick to walls? And they're like, uh, Nightcrawler, Black Widow, The Fly. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> it's really funny. He's like, all right, you're, you're keeping track of all these. Some, some of those like that. Uh, but but I liked that uh, this this was a – because the, when they got the costume, because they had this machine that could, like, make them all new costumes. Yeah. And But Spider-Man's didn't come from that. It came from like something else, and he's like, "Oh, is this from the machine?" And like nobody answered him, so he's like, "Well, I guess this is mine now." Yeah, well, and he says in in Secret Wars, he's like, "Hey, do your costumes do tricks and stuff?" And they're like, "No, it's just clothes." Right. Because it was. Did you ever read Deadpool's Super Secret Secret Wars? No. It's really funny because Deadpool apparently was there for all of the Secret Wars. And um, nobody remembers something happened and nobody remembers that he was there. Uh But he was like playing a joke on Spider-Man. He's like, no, go over to that one. (laughs) And (laughs) as it turns out, that's what happened. Also, later on, um, he got taken over by the symbiote. Mm -hmm. 
and the symbiote turned into the Beyonder's Jerry Curl <laughs> on top of Deadpool's head from Secret Wars 2. It was really funny. Um, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I, what I, uh, I kind of didn't realize, uh, you know, because this is like my first time like reading through all this stuff, mm-hmm. was that, you know, this was a, a chance for everybody in the Marvel Universe to, to start to see Spider-Man in the new costume. So basically, every issue is, oh, you got a new costume. Oh, you got a new costume. Yeah, I got a new costume. Yeah, like, you know, because it starts with Daredevil and... and Daredevil didn't say anything about my costume. Yes. How could he have not noticed? I, I thought that line was hilarious because it's it's like, oh, so they don't know each other. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Because it, I... It, it's hard to keep track of, like, when they know each yeah. other's identities. Daredevil, I think that that happened, like, soon after. Okay. Like, I think it happened in the first gang war... Uh-huh. In Amazing Spider-Man, but it might have, like, in, in that time, like, because that was right before Born Again. Uh-huh. So, and he found out, like, Peter and, and Matt Murdock found out each other's secret identities, like, right around that time. Yeah. I reread everything from the first appearance of the Hobgoblin mm-hmm. in Amazing 238. Yes. I reread that all the way to... Um, Cosmic Spider-Man, uh-huh. like I reread all of that. Just an amazing. I I, I like the Cosmic Spider-Man. Stuff. Cosmic Spider-Man was great. We'll have to do that one. Yeah, yeah. I That's like a that lot one. of fun. Yeah. Um, but no, the uh, but the thing that I liked about this was each title kind of focused on one thing. Like obviously Marvel team up focused on Spider-Man teaming up with other heroes. Right, right. Um, Peter Parker focused more on like street level like crime and his relationship with the black cat. Right. Um, and her, her issues, like, um, you know, she didn't feel like she was holding her own as his partner mm. and went, she went behind his back to the kingpin and, she got, and got her bad luck powers. As it turns out, he had merely unlocked the genetic switch that held her bad luck powers. And imagine someone with bad luck powers, being the black cat, the the, the the you know chicken and the egg thing, but um, she is written as like a stage five clinger. Yeah, like she's a nut job. I did and, not care for that, and I don't know. I they had to have done it on purpose. Yeah, because I know like Al Milgram, um, who I, I've never cared for his penciling. Mm-hmm. His inking has always been really good. Um, his writing for Peter Parker was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some lame villains. Um, they had uh, they had the answer. Sure, because um, DC has the question. Yes, <laughs> they had the answer, who was like a kingpin henchman. Yeah, whose job was to find answers. Like the kingpin always had the best henchman, like the arranger. What do you do? I arrange things. You know. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he didn't have like the butler. What do you do? I butled, sir. <laughs> um, but and then the spot. Yeah. Spot showed up, and then they they battled Silvermane, mm-hmm. and they they all. God bless them. They always tried to just shoehorn in cloak and dagger. Yeah, and I just thought they were just the lamest heroes. They, you know, it's it takes someone with like a special touch for cloak and dagger. Yeah, and, and they're also only good. In short doses, I think. Right. That's why their titles were never successful. Like yeah. they had a they had a, a series for a while 
Um, then they did, uh, they revived Strange Tales, and it was Cloak and Dagger and Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. which is okay because the stories are 10 pages long instead of 20. Sure. But, I mean, it was just like Silvermane had been dead, and then the answer, like, stole his body from the morgue, and they put it in this cyborg body, <laughs> and then Silvermane just wanted Dagger to throw the light daggers at him so he could... He could be back to life, but he was just like this really old wrinkled face on like Ultron's body. <laughs> and it was it was just so bad. And then my favorite thing was the spot. Yeah. Because Spider-Man's reaction to the spot mm-hmm. was the most hilarious part of the whole thing. Him just cracking up the spot. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but I did like the Rose and his guys, mm-hmm. um, Johnston and Varley. Yes, they were they were always there, which and just sounds so, like Shakespearean. Like yes, oh, damn, what are their names in um, in Hamlet? Rosencrantz and Gildenstern, Gildenstern and Rosencrantz, or something like something that. Something like that. It's been a long time yeah. since I've read Hamlet, like thirty plus years. Yeah. So. Well, for I, we did. There was a play that my friends were in like six years ago, six or seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, so I, I and I auditioned and I I almost because I, I ended up getting the part of. Hamlet's uh I think I got the the ghost like his father but I didn't yes. but like I had to drop out because I got a new job and I was really not happy about it did you ever see the movie last action hero no when the kid this kid keeps dreaming up like movie parts for Schwarzenegger yeah, yeah. and he's like you know Arnold Schwarzenegger in Hamlet there's <laughs> something rotten in the state of Denmark and Hamlet's taking out the trash and, you know it's got Arnold with a cigar in his mouth he's like to be not to be and then he closes his zippo there's a big explosion in the background he goes not to be oh my god it's it's so classic because it's like you could totally see them doing that in the late 80s early 90s right and well that was because that was uh when that movie came out i think it was the same weekend as like jurassic park and jurassic park just blew it out of the water or something like that yeah it was also not a very good movie well i've heard that too but but it's but people have like an affection for it yeah it's it's like uh hudson hawk yeah yeah yeah. My my late wife loved Hudson Hawk, mm-hmm. and I was I don't understand how you can even watch this movie, but you know <laughs> she loved Bruce Willis, so whatever. There you go. But uh, like going back to Spider Man. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I really liked about this the most was the end of his relationship with the Black Cat. Yeah. And the start of the the second chapter, I would guess, between him and Mary Jane. Yeah, I like, I I like that she just kind of was like, yeah, I I I've known your Spider Man. Yeah, and it's like. It makes sense that someone in his life is not stupid. <laughs> and they realize, oh, my God, like Flash Thompson and Harry Osborn and Liz Osborn and Aunt May and Nate Lubinsky and all those people, they're all morons. How do you not know yeah. he is Spider-Man? Well, it's its so funny to me because the, it's its that it's, it's, it's you know, like kind of like well, not really like the Clark Kent thing, although. Clark Kent is surrounded by the best reporters in the world. So yeah, well, all you got to <laughs> do is put on glasses and stoop a little bit and comb your hair different. That's true. And no one will realize that you're Superman. <laughs> um, but uh, or you could just be Dean Kane and not make any distinction between the none two. whatsoever. <laughs> you just move the spit curl to the other side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> started ranting about woke mobs. Oh God. <laughs> oh Dean Kane, what happened to thee? Um, but uh, regardless, uh, yeah. it, it's it's funny because you know when you. Because I think I think about that too, especially with like, you know, superhero secret identities. It's like just you have to suspend your disbelief. It's like especially like with Batman, 
right? It's yeah. like, what? Well, it's like, where's where's that big tank going? Like, oh, it's going to the outskirts of town. What's on the outskirts of town? Wayne Manor. Stately Wayne Manor. <laughs> but, yeah. but like with Spider-Man, it's like he's constantly interacting with his own friend group as Spider-Man. Right. Like Flash Thompson is the biggest Spider-Man stan there is. Yeah. And uh, Flash was in this, too. And, like, has there ever been a more inconsistently written character than Flash Thompson? I'm sure. But, like, in, <laughs> in Spider-Man, like, he's written as a high school bully and then a war hero and then, like, this lunatic guy yeah, who is, you know, having problems with his Vietnamese war bride. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, um... So isn't that the comedian's arc? In, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. It's, it's except the comedian just killed his war bride. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, we're, I'm glad Flash didn't do that. Although if I was gonna do a Marvel version of Watchmen, now Flash Thompson would be the comedian. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I think I like the the trajectory that Flash Thompson's had. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I think it, it. It. But it also just. Uh, I don't know. It's because like he was Venom for a while and I think he is again like he died in Amazing 800 uh, but then he I think he's back now so who knows I've been I just picked up Amazing again for the first time in years yeah since Straczynski was writing it uh-huh. and uh, he has he's not in the first three issues that I have but uh, I'm not I'm not 100% sure but it's also like he's I guess I don't know who's I, I think Venom now is Eddie Brock's son um I, I don't know. It could be Eddie Brock's dog. I don't know. I missed, missed literally issue like 510 mm-hmm. to like 900 something. Like I didn't read 400 issues of Spider-Man, so I don't know. So I, I mean, I'm doing a whole show about it and I'm jumping all over the map. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, but anyway, Flash Thompson, strange character. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I do like that the focus shifted to Mary Jane. Yes. Especially since she was someone, because he could never confide in anyone. Like, you can't confide in Black Cat because Felicia Hardy is not stable. No. Like, she, and and they continue to write her as really, un, like, an unstable stalker type. Yeah, I. it's either she's unstable stalker or just, like, this hate-filled, like, just, you know, crime lord or something. Yeah, yeah, she... Um, like she disappeared for a while and, and wound up I think she was working for the foreigner who is the, the guy who uh, the original jack-o'-lantern hired to kill the hobgoblin okay and as it turns out like my whole life I thought hobgoblin was Ned Leeds and as it turns out he was not and that was just, just a big setup and I was like are you kidding me? Like I thought for 30 years, 40 years. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like reading the back issues and I'm like, Roderick Kingsley. Yeah. Cause there was the, the Hobgoblin lives story mm-hmm. that I, I was kind of into when I was a kid. Yeah. Those were coming out. And then like, and then it's like years later, it's like, but he wasn't the real Hobgoblin. It's like, good God, man. <laughs> if you, if you reread it, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Sure. But if you ever listen to Christopher Priest talk about it, mm-hmm. He just, he was like, you know what? I don't care because they were screwing him over on everything. Jim Shooter was just screwing him over on everything. Mm. So he just said, you know what? The Hobgoblin is Ned Leeds. <laughs> and then he didn't tell DeFalco about it. Oh. And so he, he didn't, he told Peter David, oh. who wrote the Spider-Man versus Wolverine. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it just got like in reading it, the thing that made the most sense, mm-hmm. like even in these issues during the alien costume saga, there wasn't a lot of hobgoblin in the first half. Yeah. And he kind of showed up again in issue 260. Mm-hmm. But he was very much like Hobgoblin has to be Ned Leeds. Yeah. Like there was no way it wasn't. And it was like, okay, we don't know who Hobgoblin is. We don't know who the Rose is. Everybody knew that the Rose was Kingpin's son. Right. Like spoilers of a 40 year old comic. (laughs) The Rose was Richard Fisk. He still is. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, um, it was nice because like the Rose was like a rival crime Lord of Kingpin. Yeah. And he was doing things that were not as shady as Kingpin, but also not, like, he wasn't being a good guy. Like, he was allying himself with Hobgoblin. Yeah. And, you know, Hobby was doing, you know, Hobby things. And, yeah. And there was the one the one thing that I really, really enjoyed about rereading this was Mary Jane's origin story. Mm-hmm. With, like, how her parents got together young and her dad was trying to get his doctorate and, and couldn't keep the kids quiet, so he just left her mom. Yeah. And then the same thing happened to her sister, and Mary Jane was supposed to help her take care of the kids, and she's like, nope, not doing it, and she just bolted. Hmm. And it was like, well, you know, I can see, like, your sister needed your help, but you have your own life to live, too. Right. So I always thought that was a really good explanation as to why Mary Jane was the way she was. Yeah. And nobody ever really knew. They were just like, oh, she's just Anna Watson's niece. Yeah, and I think that, it's it, it, when you have a, a you know a complicated character like that it it helps to add dimension too you know because it's it's very easy to just say like oh she's kind of like she's just fun you know she's just fun she's you know uh you know kind of the party girl or whatever and then you know she wants to be an actress she wants to be famous you know yeah but it's but you know when you're going to follow up Gwen Stacy right you know you're going <laughs> to did I tell you that I reread the the Gwen Stacy thing where they they decided that the she had had kids with Norman Osborn? Yeah, yeah we and, were and texting about that. You're like, no, 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 don't worry. They retconned that. I was like, oh, thank God, because that's awful. It, it was well. First, two things that bother me about that is the fact that Peter's like, well, you know, she and I never like. Got, yeah. where we're never physical i was like oh, well you're just stupid yeah i mean come on pete uh i mean like if hey, emma stone is with me i'm like uh, you know it's gonna happen yeah. um but uh uh so i just i kind of didn't believe that but but then uh but then that whole arc was just so god awful you know it's, i don't want to say god awful but it was god awfully weird yeah it definitely got really really weird yeah um, I was uh, I was really disappointed, and I actually basically stopped right after that. Like, yeah. right when Spider-Man joined the Avengers, mm-hmm. that's when I quit. Like, when they moved to Stark Tower. Okay. That's when I when I stopped reading it, mm-hmm. like, this time. Like, I read through all that stuff. I'm like, I can't read any more of this. <laughs> Although, the, when he threw Wolverine out the window. Oh, yeah. That was great. It's awesome. But the... Like, the Mary Jane stuff. Like, I can see them. Okay, I can see where we're building. Yeah. To, to the wedding because they're like, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, strangely enough, it was Tom DeFalco who was writing it. And he wound up becoming editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he went to uh, Michelinie and said, I want them to get married. Yeah. Or he went to whoever, 
whoever was Spider-Man group editor after Danny Fingeroth, although I think Danny Fingeroth was group editor for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it was at, right after him was Jim... Um, was it Starland? No, 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 no. Give me a minute. Jim Salakrup. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he became group editor after Fingeroth, and he was for a while. Okay. But it, it all, like, if you look at it, like, take a long view of it, you can see... Okay, we're bringing Mary Jane in. We're going to start fleshing her out, making her less of a party girl and more of a serious adult because she knows Peter's secret. Right. So um, I think that they did a really, really good job with Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do like also that they kind of started writing Aunt May out a little bit. Yeah, because, well, she's, you know, about to meet her maker in 400. (laughs) And then come back like hundred issues later or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was less than that actually. Yeah, it was it was pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Byrne brought her back when he was doing when he did chapter one. Oh, okay. I think that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, just the the changing around of a lot of Peter's, uh, cast. Yeah. And then you know the costume. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing in this whole story arc is him going to the Baxter building and Reed Richards having used that sonic gun <laughs> to get the costume off him. Yeah. And then the human torch, uh, you know, and tra- encasing it in flame and then they put it in the in the tube. Right. And then, you know, Spider-Man's hiding his face. He's like, I have a secret identity. I don't want you to know who I am. Right, right. And he's like, okay. So <laughs> the torch gets like an old blue and black Fantastic Four costume mm-hmm. and a paper bag with holes cut in it for the eyes. <laughs> and a, he tapes a sign on the back of the uniform that says, kick me. Yeah. And he's Spider-Man's running around. They actually, Marvel Legends released a figure I, of I, that, and I, I wish it. I had bought it. I, I saw it online, yeah. Yeah, and it was um, it was really, like, a really cool visual. Yeah. And it, it the costume trapped in the Baxter building, and they would have it do, like, different things. Like, it was calling out to Franklin Richards and calling mm-hmm. out to Alicia, and then... Right before Doctor Doom blew the Baxter building up, he freed the costume. Yeah, just out of spite, and then the costume kind of disappeared for a while. It was just lurking around because it was always like the, there was always in the issues leading up to when it found Peter again. Mm-hmm. It was always like, oh, it's and this thing's in the corner, you know. Kinda. Yeah. Meanwhile, and, in the corner of New York City. <laughs> yeah, and then it it just showed up and and tried to get him in Web of Spider Man number one. Yeah. And he killed it with church bells. Which that that issue that that idea of it was freaky. Yeah, like I was like, like it's in love with them. Yeah, this is scary. Like legitimately. So, uh, you know, because it's funny because I was reading through it and I was like, yeah, I kind of like it in the in like the cartoons and stuff and the the way the Spider-Man three did it, although they did it terribly, where they have the you know it, it changes his attitude and everything. I I kind of dig that. And but like reading it this way, I was like, you know what? I dig this too. Like yeah. this is cool. Like it, um, well, and I always consider that to be canon, uh-huh. and not the, not the anything else. Like yeah, like it loved him and it didn't want anybody else to have him. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, it just it disappeared and it wound up becoming Venom. I, I, you know, and it's and it's interesting where it's like, um, where he has the. He has the alien suit. He gets rid of it. He's he's happy to be rid of it because he can get back to his normal life or whatever. And then it's like, and then he and then Black Cat gives them the 
the, the a cloth yeah. version, and he's like, "Okay, cool, I'm going to wear this sometimes." Yeah, and it was I was always waiting for him to be wearing, like, like the bottoms of his red and blue costume, <laughs> and then the the top of the black costume, and they did do a time because the black costume, the the web lines came out of the top of his hands, right, and in his other costume, it came out of his his the underside on his wrists, right. And what wound up happening, there was one time he forgot which costume he was wearing, and he missed his web line. <laughs> but that only happened the one time, and then the red costume wound up getting destroyed, like uh-huh. his last red costume, so he had to wear the black one. Yeah. And then um, after Venom showed up, Mary Jane's like, I can't, I can't be around you if you're wearing that black costume. Yeah. So he brought back the red one. Because I was surprised, because we did uh, an issue, uh, we did number 300 here, um, you know, a few episodes ago, uh, I say that when there's been like 70 episodes, but <laughs> yeah, a little while. Back. Um, but uh, and I was like, oh, he's he was wearing the cloth black costume the first time he fought Venom. Yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was so interesting. Like I, I, I never knew that, you know. Um, yeah, I, I just got the uh, Marvel's facsimile. Amazing Spider-Man 300. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love those facsimile comics. They're I, so nice. I do, too. They're a little pricey. Yeah. Like, I got uh, Giant Size X-Men number one was, like, seven ninety nine, mm-hmm, And mm-hmm. that Amazing Spider-Man 300 was, I think that was either six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. Yeah. When I started buying comics, they were 50 cents. Uh, yeah. I, I remember them being, you know, like $1.25. I still have, like, the Batman Hush issues that were $1.25. Yeah, they're those are going for a pretty penny right now too. Ooh. Yeah, um, but no, the actually the first comic book that I ever bought that was not an issue of Transformers, mm-hmm. okay, was in this run. It was Amazing Spider-Man two fifty seven. Okay, and that was the first appearance of the Puma, <laughs> or the second appearance. It was like the first battle with the Puma. Which that whole bit in there was just it was so weird. It was very it was again very fillery like yeah. I'm I'm hired to kill you, but now I'm not going to kill you. I respect you too much, Spider-Man. Yeah, and it, it's like, and I think part of my problem with the Puma was that he was very much. You could tell that Tom DeFalco really had a thing for Native American culture. Sure, like this guy from New York <laughs> loves the natives. He loves the Indians, and it's it's like he was just like Thomas Fireheart, who was Puma was just they played him too much like the noble savage and it's like yeah you know i just i it's a little dated of a concept sure i mean it was cool like the way that he transformed into the puma yeah yeah um but like he was hired by the rose to kill spider-man and Mm -hmm. and like knew what he looked like but didn't know who he was and and then you know met mary jane and it was just very very bizarre yeah and then um you know it was right after that, like, he fought Puma, he, and Puma just wrecked his shit. Yeah. And, um, you know, Black Cat was in his apartment, and then Mary Jane was there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I know you're Spider-Man. And he's like, Arr! and she leaves when Black Cat comes in, mm-hmm. and Black Cat's going to leave, and he's still wearing the alien costume, and he, he's like, Felicia, don't go, and he webs her up, and she's like, oh, you really love me, because you tried to stop me, you didn't try to stop her. And I'm like, oh. Like, even as an eight-year-old, I was like, this is so bad. <laughs> and, and the you know, that whole thing that led into the whole Mary Jane thing, and then he got rid of the costume and, yeah. and put the red and blue back on, and then here comes Hobgoblin back in 
yeah. amazing 260, and it was really, really good. I love the Hobgoblin, um, and I chalk it up probably to it definitely to the animated series because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, first and foremost, it's Mark Hamill. Yeah, uh, <laughs> anything he does is awesome. Not not so subtly. Just a little, slightly different from his Joker voice. Yeah. Um, but I think that, but the Hobgoblin is just, you know, because it, it's so easy to make these characters just, you know, oh, this is just Green Goblin Light or Green Goblin Junior or whatever. But he was much less. Um, like he wasn't crazy. He was cr- like Hobgoblin was like, like lawful evil. Yes, yeah. And Green Goblin was like chaotic evil. Yes, like he was that's perfect. he was doing bad shit for the sake of doing bad shit. Right. Hobgoblin ha- was like means to an end. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, just, he wanted money. He's you know, he's a, a typical like blue collar criminal, I guess. Yeah, except that Roderick Kingsley as it turns out like owned a fashion magazine empire and it was like, well then why does he need to be a super criminal? Well, because he's <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, there's no motivation there. Yeah. Like, the Joker's motivation is that he's nuts. Yeah. The Penguin's motivation is that he likes long cigar holders and top hats <laughs> and monocles. And, you know, uh, Sandman, he's made of sand. Yeah. Um, it, it just always kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop with, uh, you know, what what is Roderick Kingsley's motivation? Yeah. And... Just well, it's it, it's that idea of like, oh, he's just greedy, or he's just, uh, uh, I don't know, he wants more power or something. But it's like, but the hobgoblin just isn't like that, right? right. I I tend to think that uh, who was the guy who was the the spokesman for the Trump administration who had to like spray paint his hair on that one time and nobody liked him. Was it Giuliani? No, 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 Jason. Um, I can't think of what his name was. It's, it's not important. You can see him. He's like a smarmy little shit. <laughs> well, most of the Trump's cabinet was. Yeah, and, and he, w- but he was just like a spokesperson. Yeah, okay, okay. And and he always looked like, to me, that that's a guy who would be the hobgoblin. Oh, okay. You know, okay. like he just does evil for evil. You know, he's he's not doing it for evil's sake. It's a means to an end. Yeah. It's it's in his planner. To do evil things like oh wake up have breakfast do evil meet with president do more evil, <laughs> and I feel like that's what it was with the hobgoblin. Yeah, yeah. And you know the the thing that I liked was when the, he was wearing the alien costume, mm-hmm. never interacted with hobgoblin. Everybody thought hobgoblin was dead. Yeah, yeah. And then he just returned, and you're like, oh my god. He, you know, he he well he fought him in the black clock. Black cloth costume at like later. Yeah, afterwards, uh, but right? But like when he had the symbiote, he didn't fight. Him. Right, right. Which you know, and it's interesting because like you know, when I was reading through all these, I was like, you know, what's funny about this is that the Spider-Man animated series. It was like one of the first stories that they did. They were like, we're gonna do the the alien costume, but they had to like kind of contrive a way to get it to Peter. So they just it attached itself to the. Uh, you know, to John Jameson on the moon. Yeah. And and crashes on like the George Washington Bridge. Yeah. And and then like uh and then later, like their last season, they did Secret Wars. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, <laughs> why didn't you just wait? Yeah, but I, I mean I get it, you know, because they wanted to, you know, capitalize on all that because early nineties, I mean Venom was all the rage. Although yeah. Venom's only in literally two episodes of the whole series. Yeah, and um like 
I was reading some stuff. Like, I did a, a little bit of research about the whole costume thing. Yeah. The alien costume that wound up becoming Venom mm-hmm. actually came, the picture of it came from a fan. Yeah, I read about and that. Marvel bought it from this fan for $220. Yeah. And I've seen the letter mm-hmm. online that Jim Shooter wrote to this guy. We want to buy this concept from you. Yeah. And the guy was happy as can be. He's like, I made that. Yeah. And and they had uh, Mike Zek adjust it mm-hmm. a little bit. So it was a little bit better for the uh, for comics. But um, the whole thing with the costume regenerating mm-hmm. came from John Byrne's run on Iron Fist in the 70s. Because he would have these knocked out drag, knocked down drag out brawls where his costume got all shredded. Yeah. And the next issue it would be back. Yeah, and yeah. so he was like, he's not that good at sewing, so it's <laughs> obvious that there's something alien about the costume that makes it mend itself, but they never introduced it in the comic. Okay. And then Roger Stern, who wrote Amazing up until 252, mm-hmm. when he found out who they wanted him to have the Hobgoblin be, he resigned. Ah, okay. And wound up writing one of the best runs of Avengers ever. Okay. But he... He said to John Byrne, we want to use that. Mm-hmm. And Byrne said, okay. And then Stern resigned after 252, and Tom DeFalco took that and ran with it. Yeah. And then eventually that, from from Iron Fist to Venom, and that's where you get it. <laughs> it's like the six degrees of separation. So I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's it's so funny because the, the it, it's like there – uh, you just get into like how Peter Parker is—he's—he's he's a genius, you know. He's—he, you know, made his own webs, and you know, and he—I don't know, like it was always top of his class. Prob- could and probably should be a scientist, you know, on Tony yeah. Stark's level. But he's also just a friggin' idiot. He—he he is completely oblivious. Yeah, like it takes him a while to realize that this maybe this thing that can change it change into regular clothes and it makes its own webbing and makes me more powerful. Maybe it's not a good thing. <laughs> Maybe I should have the world's smartest, stretchiest man look at this. Yeah, and and, and, it, and it, again, it takes like forever to get to that point, you know. And it's just it's so funny to me because I'm like. And then I think to myself, well, maybe I'm a little bit like Peter Parker because I would probably do the same thing. Be like, you know what? Yeah, but it's so convenient. Yeah, but you'd never score as many hot chicks as Peter did. Okay, well. He was always getting just hot babes. I, like, and it's just like, why, man? Like, you're saying, like, the Puma doesn't recognize him. I was like, yeah, it's because he looks like a generic white guy. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that's the important thing. Yeah, that's that's his whole appeal. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man can be anybody, right? <laughs> yes. And uh, I, one thing, another little side plot that I did like mm. was that um, J. Jonah Jameson revealed that he had been the one who financed the Scorpion. Yeah. In an annual that came out around this time. Uh-huh. And he resigned as editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle, and he made Joe Robertson the editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. And Joe Robertson was just, like, just all over Peter about the quality of his photography. <laughs> and it was great. And then they introduced Lance Bannon, mm-hmm. who was, he's, he's kind of threaded all through this. And what was happening was they were, they were basically planting all these fake clues as to who the Hobgoblin might be. Maybe it's Lance Bannon. Right. Maybe it's Ned Leeds. Maybe it's, you know cargo from planet x and we just don't know yeah 
but I always thought that that was really neat and that whole subplot and that kind of weaved its way through all the books mm-hmm. you know and then like Peter would be like I need an assignment and they're like your photography is garbage all you do is take pictures of Spider-Man <laughs> he's like but it's always made me money and they're like we don't care and then there there was one, like, there were some real oddball issues mm-hmm. in here. Like, basically everything from Marvel Team-Up. Yeah. Like, when he, he just randomly teamed up with Cannonball over, I don't know, like, Cannonball was buying a hat for somebody. I kind of just glossed through some of those. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. just going to get back to the... <laughs> the, uh, the one that um, I always kind of was like, why is this even in here? It was the filler. Yeah. It was the football player. Yes, and in, in two amazing two fifty three, right? What uh, he he was he was he had been tapped by the mob to throw games, right? Right. And Peter had had his little brother when he was a graduate assistant. Uh huh. So it was like, uh, you know, it, it was just it wasn't a good story. Like it was just like we have this one as stock, <laughs> and we have to do it. Yeah. So they did, and then. Um, I mean, the art was good because mm-hmm. it was it was Rick Leonardi, you know, it was like him. But then right after that, Ron France took over. Uh-huh. And Ron France was very much uh, kind of an old school kind of artist where um, he did a great job with um, looking like a, kind of a throwback to like Ramita. Uh-huh. And there's a little Kirby in there. Yeah. Um, and I think that the fact that they had him as the regular artist on that book for several years like it really gave it a more of a john ramita carryover mm-hmm. like john ramita senior carryover yeah, because yeah. it had been um ross andrew had done it for a while mm-hmm. and then uh john ramita jr yep and then he left to do x-men and then they kind of floated through some some artists and then they're like we're gonna have ron france do it and his art to me like when i think of peter parker i think of ron france's version of peter parker because oh, okay. it was that first issue of Spider-Man that I ever bought. Okay, okay. I don't think of Ditko's Peter Parker from, you know, early Amazing Spider-Man with the round wire rim glasses and the, the sweater vest and stuff. Right, right. I think of, you know, broke-ass grad student Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, just beating off all these hot chicks with a stick. <laughs> like, there's there's the, the hot uh, neighbors. Yep. And there's Mary Jane and there's Black Cat and... um. Like there was even like a weird stalker angle mm-hmm. in uh, in Peter Parker for a while, where like one of his co grad students figured out that he was Spider Man and was in love with him. Oh, yeah, that was real weird. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, it's like you know, Peter's a nice guy and everything, uh, but you know, he's also <laughs> he must have some serious BDE for being being uh, Spider Man. Well, because he's got like you know, he's terribly unreliable because he's spider-man you know and all that stuff the the whole secret identity i have to suffer to you know is he suffering for his art i mean he's a photographer so he's kind of an artist is he suffering for this art let's put it to your listeners is peter parker doing this stuff deliberately well i mean you know the whole great power great responsibility bs that he always (laughs) can goes into yeah Uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I get it, but sometimes it's just like, there's, you know, you live in New York City, man. There's a superhero on every corner. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you know, Power Man and Iron Fist who are superheroes for hire. And then, <laughs> you know, you've got Daredevil and you've got like all these like really like sub street level guys like White Tiger. And, yeah. And I just, I always really enjoyed this particular arc mm-hmm. of, of 
with all the Spider-Man titles. I mean, you, and honestly, you could take the Marvel team-ups and just put them in a box somewhere. Sure. <laughs> They're not worth reading. The stories are not very good. Um, it, unless you want to just cackle. Yeah. Um, there's a really good um, blob story in, in Peter Parker where... Wait, from the X-Men? Yeah, the blob. Okay. He was partners with Eunice the Untouchable. Okay. And they had fought the Hulk, and the Hulk hit Eunice's force field and caused it to go haywire. Mm -hmm. And nothing could get to him. He couldn't get air. He couldn't get food. (laughs) And Blob thought that he died and went on a rampage and was fighting Spider-Man and Black Cat. And Black Cat's bad luck powers were causing, you know, all sorts of catastrophic things to happen to the Blob. Right. And what wound up happening was he just, in the middle of the fight, he just gave up and sat down in the middle of the street and started crying because Eunice the Untouchable was his only friend, and his only friend was dead. Yeah. And as it turns out, Eunice was not dead. He had merely passed out, and the blob is an idiot. (laughs) Um, That sounds about right. Before we go on to anything else, did you ever see the uh, Pride of the X-Men? The old cartoon? The cartoon that was the the third—they took the budget for the 13th episode of the RoboCop cartoon— and made Pride of the X-Men. I've never seen it, but I, I, I kind of know what you're talking about. Well, there is, uh, the blob is in it. Okay. But in it, he is like Eastern European, so he's like, nothing can stop the blob. <laughs> and whenever he's talking, it's, that's the voice I can hear. His name is Fred J. Dukes. He's from Texas. <laughs> but in that cartoon, he was like like Slovakia, you know. Well, of course, because this. Well, maybe he was born in Texas, but raised in. Yeah, I mean, he's Slovakia. from. He is Moldovan blob. I don't yeah. know, but he was very. <laughs> nothing can stop the blob. You're not the juggernaut. Yeah, but it would. It just. I can't see the blob without thinking of that voice. Gotcha. That's funny. Yes. Is it? Is that on YouTube or anything? I am sure it is. Yeah. If not, you can find it. Well, I I like to watch the. You know, my buddy and I will. Uh, you know. Well, let's just say we won't be sober, and we'll watch Djibouti dubs. Uh, yes. Like old, from the 60s Spider-Man and, like, the Super Friends and stuff. They are hysterical. If you ever want to see, and this is, like, from the dark days of YouTube, mm-hmm. the um, the Juggernaut stories. The Juggernaut bitch? The, Don't you know who I am? Yeah, I love those. They're, the fuck out of here, Charles. <laughs> they're so Oh, so and funny. so funny. But it's. Um, but then it inspired the. <laughs> yeah, it inspired that thing in the in the worst X Men. Well, the second worst X Men movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, like these stories, mm-hmm. to me, like when I think about Spider Man, this is what I think of. Okay. Because these are the stories that I I was reading comics when I was eight, nine, ten years old. Right. You know. And when I moved here, when I was ten, I didn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. My brother and I would get my mom to take us to books galore. And we'd buy comics at Books Galore and then go home. And my brother would buy a stack of comics, and I'd buy like two. Mm-hmm. I'd buy Transformers and X Men. <laughs> and my brother would my brother was buying like ten titles a month, huh. and he would always let me read them yeah. once. <laughs> and then under you know, supervision, yeah, under strict <laughs> supervision. But then you know he stopped collecting them, so my mom didn't have to take us both into Erie. So therefore, I didn't go at all because uh-huh. I grew up in Edinburgh, and it was like she's not going to let me take the bus, right? So, you know, we just, I just stopped reading comics for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back to comics, one of the first ones I came back to was uh, Eric Larson on Amazing Spider-Man. Right. Like right after McFarlane quit. Mm-hmm. So um, it, was, it was really good stuff. 
but I always kind of default back to this. There was an omnibus of this. Yeah. And I didn't buy it because I found it on eBay for $275. Well, I don't blame you for not buying that. <laughs> I don't even know what $27 looks like. Yeah, I mean, I ha- I could buy it if I wanted to, but I think my girlfriend would be really mad at me if she caught me spending $275 on a book. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be very mad at myself, and so would my stomach, because I would not be able to eat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of buying stuff, and this is kind of completely off the subject, did you go to the Erie Comic Con? I did not, oh, unfortunately. Oh, okay. There was a lot of vendors there. Uh-huh. There was a lot of, like, random semi-famous people there. Yeah. But yeah. there was one guy from Pittsburgh. It was a comic store, and they had such back stock that they were selling... Uh, Marvels for uh, 50 cents a piece Mm. and anything that was not Marvel was a quarter. Uh I bought 116 comics. (laughs) Did, uh, was it um, New Dimension? I can't think of the name of it. Uh, It might have been New Dimension. I know that they're going to be at there's a show in Pittsburgh at the beginning of November. It's like three stories of just comics. Like they're not doing any of the any of the cosplay stuff. Yeah. And my girlfriend, God bless her, my girlfriend went with me. <laughs> and uh, she was like, she was just like, you know, carrying stuff for me. And mm-hmm. and she was trying to help me look for comics. But I, I didn't want to tell her no. Yeah. Because I appreciate her putting forth the effort to help me. Sure. But looking for comics in the dollar bins, there's a science to it. Yes. Yep. And, you know, I was like, oh, boom, 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 boom. Like she was only looking for things that I had on my list. I was going through and going, oh, my gosh, look at all these issues of Marvel Universe, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Right. You know, I got a bunch of those. I got a bunch of Silver Surfers. I got a ton of Avengers, like the really bad leather jacket over the costume Avengers, (laughs) like that stuff. But I also got some really good Spider-Man stuff. I got a bunch of Ultimate Spider-Man that I didn't have. Um, I now have... um, ultimate x-men like one to like 65 uh-huh. um there's i got a just a bunch of the ultimate spider-man stuff i have most of the first i don't know about 75 issues of ultimate spider-man i'm missing a few here and there but mm-hmm. you know i got i got a bunch of old spider-man stuff mm-hmm. like that i had never read and then I'm like, I just read this digitally. Why did I buy it? Well, because you have a problem, Sean. <laughs> but then, like, I went and uh, one guy had, um, I got a copy of Silver Surfer 34, mm-hmm. which was the return of Thanos in 1989. Okay. I have been looking for that comic for 34 years. Oh. I've been looking for that comic since I was 12. And you got it for? I got it for 10 bucks. That's awesome. Yeah, I bought three comics from the guy. And it would have been like 40 bucks. And he's like, he's like, you can give me 10 for those. He's like, because I said when I found it, I was like, oh, my God. I've never even seen a copy of that comic in the wild. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I've been looking for this since I was 12, since this came out. And I just had this look on my face. And my girlfriend was like, the hell is wrong with you? I was like, you have no idea. And the guy was really cool. And then my other favorite story from there, and I'm sure you saw my picture. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who had Fantastic Four number one. Yes. And yes. I got to hold it. Uh-huh. And it was like a, like if you were going to get it professionally graded, like there was some restoration work. Sure, sure. So you're looking at like unrestored, it was probably like a three. Yeah, yeah. But restored, it was like a five. Uh-huh. 
And like, he was like, I don't have a price on that because I'd need somebody to make me an offer. Uh, and I'm looking and I'm like, in this shape, it, it was in really good shape. Like the cover was complete mm-hmm. and the book itself was complete. He could have got 50 grand for it. Probably. I'm actually going to have him on Idiotville because uh-huh. he also does uh, magic. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> like juggling and shit. I don't know. He's, but, he's uh, juggling all the fantastic I would, I would probably cry. Like, no, don't do that. He had probably, I'd say the first 30 issues of Fantastic Four, he probably had about 20 of them. Okay. Like 1 to 10, and then he had like the first appearance of Super Scroll and Ooh. a bunch of stuff. And like he wanted like real legit money. And there was a guy from Buffalo, and they were haggling, and I was just watching. I was like, if I had that kind of money, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said to my girlfriend, I was like, if I had $100,000, I'd just buy them all. You know, it's it's funny because there was a um, – I'm sure you've been through this too. When I worked uh, – uh, when I lived in North Carolina, I worked at a neurology office. There were drug reps that came in like every week and bought us lunch and everything. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and they – and one of the guys was like, oh, I heard you're a big comic book fan. And, you know, like, me too. I've got all these like – all these old comics and stuff. And, and, and almost every time somebody's ever said that to me, it just – it it's been like Dark Hawk number one from right. 1990. It's like or Sleepwalker. Right, garbage stuff that I just don't care about. Nomad. But then like yeah right. But then like uh, the next next time he came in, he brought them and he had Uncanny X Men number one. Oh my god. And it was like you know in the pl- in the, the super plastic and everything. Yeah, the, the mylar yeah. bulletproof. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, this guy was serious. He actually yeah. has. Like, he really has old comics. Well, but and he can probably afford them too. Yeah, I mean, if you're a drug rep, I'm certain you can. But it was, I was just like blown away because it's like, I was like, oh wow, you you were serious. And he was yeah. like, yeah, man. <laughs> that is yeah, because it's like, my uh, my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. I still call him my father. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had. He's like, oh, I've got this tote of comics in the basement, and you know, go through them. And he's got like all these old westerns yeah. and stuff. And I he was like, cat. <laughs> what is the oldest comic I have? And it's it's an issue of Wyatt Earp from 1957. But uh-huh. he also had like some more recent stuff. He's like, oh, these are old. And I'm like, Gus, these are from the 90s. I was like, these are not old. Yeah. I was like, you know, the 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 westerns that are in there and the funny animal comics, the Dells and stuff, mm-hmm. like. Those are, you know, they're not worth a ton. They're not like right. action comics number one money, but right, right. there, there's some some older superhero comics in there too. Like he had an issue of Thor from the early seventies, mm-hmm. and uh, there was an issue of Spider Man in there from oh, like sixty eight maybe. Uh-huh. And I sold that for him. I got him a couple hundred dollars. Nice. Yeah, he's like, just sell these for me. Whenever you don't sell, you can keep. <laughs> so, like, I had you know, going back to Venom. I had Venom Lethal Protector number four. Uh-huh. which like when I got it from him was worth like $2 and then all of a sudden it blew up and I'm like, why did this blow up? And I sold it for 30 <laughs> and then it came right back down and I'm like, Oh, well I'll take it. Yeah. So it's like, it's like the housing market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the comic, comic book, book bubble burst. <laughs> um, I, I was so excited to read through these because you know, it, it's, it's kind of an embarrassing blind spot in my Spider-Man history. Like, like the 80s Spider-Man? Well, no, just just the black costume. Okay. It's like I've read bits and pieces of it here and there, but I've never mm-hmm. read the whole thing. And uh, like even like Secret Wars, like I've read through it, but I've never like read it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so it's like, because I always say like I fancy myself a Spider-Man historian. Yeah. You know, so I know what happened. I just have not, I've not read everything. So getting to read through it and go, oh my gosh, like, you know, I, you get why people have like like you were just saying have an affinity for this, and 
you know, people will be, oh, we hate the new costume or whatever. But it's like, uh, you know, every time I have a first guest, uh, a guest first time on the show, I ask them, what's your favorite Spider-Man costume? 99% say the black suit. You know what? I am probably, I think I might be the, of all your episodes of the show that I've listened to, I think I am the only one who's ever said the original. I think there's there's like one or two, yeah. I love the original costume as drawn by, you know. Uh, Ron Friends. Well, or, I mean a little bit, but more of uh, like John Romita. Oh, yeah. And John Romita Jr. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that they're. That original costume to me is just so iconic that they can't get rid of it. Like he's wearing it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, now there's a whole the Sin Eater gave him Osborne's sins or something. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I started reading through it. I was like, I have to read back a little bit because I got like right in the middle of a story arc, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, uh, where it's like, what is it? Hammerhead's daughter is marrying Robbie Robertson's son. Uh, Tombstone's daughter. Tombstone, yes. Yeah. To, I always thought Tombstone was so lame. <laughs> I, like, they, they did. They uh, again. It's like the there's he's in. He's in a couple episodes of the animated show, but the one episode of the animated show he's in where it's like him and Robbie Robertson uh, is a really good showcase for Robbie Robertson. Yeah. Um, that I really really loved. Uh, and then it's but it's also just like I remember one one time he was like crushing Spider Man, and there's like all this gas everywhere. It's like I don't breathe, and I'm like. Yeah. What is he dead? Y- you do breathe. There, <laughs> make any guy? sense? Yeah, no, he he. But like the original version of him from Spectacular Spider-Man mm-hmm. was like he was in prison with Robbie Robertson, right? right. Like, and they had grown up together, I guess. Yeah, they but they, they were like juvenile delinquents. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, which is also kind of Batman Beyond's origin. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. You know, or, uh, or the uh, the one Robin Jason Jason Todd was stealing the tires off the Batmobile, which is a to- a thing you can totally do. So. Yes. He <laughs> just tries it. He just gets electrocuted. It's not like he's a mile away and goes, shields. <laughs> Turns into the, like, one of those green skeletons from Mars <laughs> Attacks. Yes. Batman's like, oh, somebody tried to steal the tires again. Oh, what do you know? He's like, I don't kill, but if you mess with my shit. <laughs> you get the laughing gas. And he's just laying um, there with a big Joker smile on his face. So the... I think it's so interesting that I wonder if they knew when they started this, this the Black Suit Saga, like, because it seemed like they were kind of intending this to be, like, a permanent change. I think they were. Like, there was rumors going around, like, if you read, like, oh, whatever the, the, the magazines were at the time, I can't think of any of, the, like, Comics Buyer's Guide and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, there were, there were a few... Uh, different trade magazines and Marvel had come up with the idea that they were going to make all these wholesale changes, like a new spider woman. Yeah. Um, they were going to change Spider-Man's costume. A new guy was going to be Iron Man mm-hmm. and Marvel's like, none of that's going to happen. And then by the end of 1984, it had all happened. Like they were going to get rid of Captain America and bring in a new Captain America. And they did that a few years later. And it was Rhodes was Iron Man. Yeah, Jim Rhodes, because Tony Stark, we talked about it when we did Iron Man for the other show. Right, right. But, uh, no, it, it, like, that that was the rumor. And then people absolutely hated the black costume, and the the letters were, like, two to one against. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, we're going to get rid of it. And then it was a big event when they brought it back with issue 301. Like, it sold like hotcakes. It's... It, this funny thing, I got into like an argument with somebody on Twitter not too long ago. I'm still calling it Twitter because that's what it is. I close my uh, <laughs> I'm but, on Threads. But uh, oh yeah, Threads. Uh, but there was a liberal Twitter. 
which I for, which I forget to <laughs> check every now and then. Uh, but anyway, um, I was going to say, uh, you know, because the thing is, is that this guy was going on and on about how the current run of Amazing is so bad and nobody likes it, nobody's reading it. And I was like, buddy, I'm telling you, it's selling out. So yeah, yeah. they're going to keep doing it. They're keeping Zeb Wells and Ramita on. And, and he was like, but nobody likes it. I'm like, yeah. you just because you don't like something doesn't mean that nobody likes it. Yeah, it, it's that it just drives me nuts because it's like you you have to put aside your emotional baggage here and look at the logic of it. Yeah, I don't understand why Michael Bay was allowed to make five Transformers movies, but I well, I mean, I don't. I understand why, but I don't like it. Right. Because well, they made a billion dollars a piece. <laughs> I, I had the same thing. I'm a member of a Fantastic Four group on, on Facebook, and this guy was like, if they really wanted to do, uh, it was if they really wanted to be uh, true to Jack Kirby or honor Jack Kirby's legacy, they wouldn't change all the characters in the, in the Marvel Universe movies. And I'm like, dude, they do not give a shit <laughs> about Jack Kirby's legacy. All they care about is money. It was on a thread where everybody was talking about uh, that Stanley biography that they did on uh, Disney Plus. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was a Stanley biography. It was not a Jack Kirby biography. I right. could go on and on about that. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like Kirby's respected amongst like the comic book community. Yeah, but Stanley Stanley was a really good self promoter. Yeah. Jack Kirby was not. No. But if you look at everything they did without each other, nothing sold. When they were together, it was there, the 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 sum of the parts was less than the whole. Mm -hmm. Like um, together, they were much better than they ever would have been individually. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the same way it was with uh, with Stan and Steve Ditko. Well, I mean, nobody even you know, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a picture of Ditko. You know, I have seen a few. Uh -huh. um, I guess he was kind of a dickhead. Huh. He didn't. He was a like a um, a firm believer in the whole uh, uh, Ayn Rand thing, okay. like Atlas Shrugged and oh, all that. Okay. You know, self determination or whatever it is that. Yeah. You know, it, it, if you ever want to meet somebody who's an asshole, just ask them if they've read Atlas Shrugged, <laughs> and oh. if they have, they'll tell you all about it. It's like CrossFit. <laughs> it's like the. Uh uh, the Barbie movie. It's like I've never seen The Godfather. You've never seen The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen the Barbie movie. Uh, I have, in fact, seen The Godfather. What What comics are you reading right now? Um, I am trying to limit myself because I was getting a lot of stuff and then not reading it. Um, so I'm hunkering down more on just the uh, like the the, the adjectiveless Spider Man, mm -hmm. uh, which I really like because I'm a big Dan Slott fan which is apparently a controversial thing, again, despite the fact that all his books sell like hotcakes. Yeah, it's, it's only controversial because people don't like Dan Slott because he's successful. Uh, and he's extremely opinionated. So. Well, he's allowed to be. He's a human being. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Uh, and I think he's got a lot of MAGA people that hate him, too. But, Good. Uh, yeah, that's right. I like him better already. Right. Uh, but there's a – what was I going to say? The um, uh, Yeah, so that and then, like, uh, Batman – and Batman and Robin. Batman's a little weird. Like Chip Zdarsky's a little weird, but it's yeah. fun. So yeah, I'm I'm reading. Um, I just started picking up Spider Man again. Yeah, they collected all the Marvel Infinity comics into that um, spine tingling Spider Man. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's good. The art is 
creepy. I wasn't sure about that one because I'm like, because that, that, it reminded me, I didn't read it, but like Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man where he basically looks like the the spider doppelganger character. And I was like, I was like this is scary. I don't know if I like this. Yeah, it, it was really good because I'm not usually a horror guy. Yeah. But it was it was really, really good. And then um, I've been reading uh, Ryan North's Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, the relaunch. I have every issue of Fantastic Four since 1972. Yeah, but I've been. I picked. That's what got me back into reading comics. And then um, I started reading um, the Spider-Man uh, Fantastic Four, um, and I, I'm kind of limiting myself. But I'm also like Battle Chasers. Okay. Um, I just get Battle Chasers because it's pretty. The stories are just absolute crap, <laughs> but the art is gorgeous. Um, and then um, there's a, a gang war storyline that's going to be going through, amazing, like yeah. amazing and Daredevil. And and I picked up the first issue of the new Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up Avengers Inc. Okay, that is so good. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh, is it good? You, I, you, and my buddy Paul, who lives in Seattle, you should. <laughs> it, it it's, I haven't picked up an issue of Avengers since uh kurt Busick was writing it okay. like it's been that long so since like i've read that's like, like early 90s yeah well late 90s late 90s okay. yeah um and and um this one like because it's not really i don't know if it's tied into continuity or not but it's really good because the wasp has to be a like a detective mm. and the i don't know if in regular marvel continuity if luke cage is the mayor of new york i think think he is like the kingpin was mayor and now luke cage is mayor which i think is awesome yeah because all i can think of is him with his his the chain around his waist and the the steel headband just going sweet christmas <laughs> sweet christmas we gotta talk about this budget reform <laughs> yeah and um he says to the wasp you can't use any costumes yeah and she winds up with her her partner is victor it's victor is it victor slade or Victor Shade, it's the Vision's alter ego. Oh, okay. As a human, uh-huh. it is so cool, and they're like a private detective team. That's interesting. It's it's really good, and it's it's the first issue really hooked me, and I didn't think it would. Huh. I was like, I'm gonna give this a shot, and I was like, Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> um, well, on that note, I was gonna say we're about to get thrown out of yeah, here, we're, so we gotta wrap up. Uh, but this this is such a blast getting to finally read through this and talk about it. And what are we gonna do next? Uh, I didn't mean to go full Tim Taylor there. Um, I will probably maybe we'll do Cosmic Spider-Man, little Captain okay, Universe, little, little, little Cosmic Spider-Man. I'd like to do that, and I'd love to do uh, I'd love to do like a special edition where we talk about Secret Wars. Yes, the original Secret Wars. Yes, yeah. I was I was I thought a lot about that because like, again because I I when literally after the the D twenty three announcement that. Avengers Six was going to be Secret Wars. Yeah, I bought both of them. I bought the original and I bought the uh, Jonathan Hickman, and they're sitting on my coffee table, just glaring at me as I <laughs> read the original. And keep in mind when it was written and what it was written for. Right, to sell toys. Yeah, to sell toys. <laughs> well, you know, but so was uh, Batman Beyond, and that show was amazing. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, Sean, this was a blast. Uh, Always. If people are web swinging through the interwebs, uh, you can find me on on threads at the SPK. Uh, I'm on Facebook under Sean Kiley. Um, I'm on Instagram also under at the SPK. And 
the comics I love. My website is thecomicsilove.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a blog about comics that I update irregularly <laughs> because reading comics and then writing about them is a huge pain in the ass. Uh, yeah, that's why I stopped doing it like yeah. ten, like fifteen years oh, ago. Oh, I've, I've started and stopped probably twenty times in my life, and yeah. I, I will never stop. Forty six years old, I'm going to do it till I die. Yeah, well, you know, I should pick that back up. That was fun though. Yeah. Um, uh, as for me, you can find me at Spider Man Books on Twitter. Uh, you can also find uh, me uh, at Four Comic Junkies. That's F O R Comic Junkies on Twitter. And uh, yeah, one more uh, Idiotville podcast. Idiotville. is my my podcast me and john duckworth yes and we are coming back this week oh final so by the time this is released it'll be like two weeks ago so yeah <laughs> uh yeah so check out idiotville those guys are a ton of fun um and uh also you can email me spidermanbookclub at gmail.com folks thank you so much for tuning in and as always we leave you with excelsior, excelsior.